Salofa Lava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up. The settlement that was done in the 1980s was done based on lack of information. Marshall Islands wants a more fairer deal from the US. Also, the ocean is literally our lifestyle here. How do Pacific people feel about Japan's wastewater plans? And later, the Melanesian Arts Festival kicks off this week. The Marshall Islands has asked for more money from the United States to deal with legacy nuclear testing before renewing its Compact of Free Association. The U.S. have already signed off on the strategic agreements with Micronesia and Palau, with the economic terms of the Marshall Islands Compact scheduled to expire on the 30th of September. The island nation's foreign minister, Jack Adding, says there needs to be more than the $700 million set aside for the nuclear-affected people before the agreements are signed. However, Chief U.S. Negotiator Joseph Yoon has held firm, saying there's no more money for the country. But RNZ Pacific's Marshall Islands correspondent, Giff Johnson, says this could be an opportunity for the Marshall Islands to get a fair deal as the U.S. increases its Pacific presence. He speaks with Caleb Fotheringham. The most significant bilateral issue between the United States and the Marshall Islands is the United States nuclear weapons test legacy, because the United States tested 67 nuclear weapons in the Marshall Islands, including numerous hydrogen bombs, which caused a lot of damage. And that has never been taken care of. The U.S. has provided partial compensation in the past, and so the advent of these negotiations over the past year and a half afforded an opportunity for the Marshall Islands to get this onto the U.S. agenda. And the Marshall Islands has been very clear from the get-go that it must have a fair and just settlement of the nuclear legacy included in this compact, or it will not sign off on an extension of the grant agreement because the nuclear legacy is such an important issue. I understand that Marshall Islands, they have signed an MOU for the Compact of Free Association, even though they haven't actually signed off on the deal completely. So why are they bringing the issue up now? Shouldn't have they brought it up before they actually signed the MOU? The issue was on the table with the U.S., and the U.S. simply said the $700 million it offered was the best, like its top offer. My comment, just as an observer, is, well, you know, if I was in the negotiating team, I'd just say, well, it's not good enough. The U.S. government caused the problem. Nobody else caused the 67 nuclear weapons to be tested here. But I think, you know, the the people who were dealing with this were, were felt boxed in. I mean, this is a little tiny country that's dependent on the U.S., and the U.S. holds most of the cards in these situations. As an observer, how likely do you think it is that the Marshall Islands will be able to get some more money? I believe the Marshall Islands is in a quite a good position because of the changed dynamic in the Pacific, which means the United States feels the need to be more engaged out here. and. The fact is, 
up until 2019, the U.S. was not even going to negotiate new hunting agreements for Palau, the Federated States of Micronesia, and the Marshall Islands. But it's the changed geopolitical dynamic in the region, which has elevated the importance of the entire Pacific, but particularly the three North Pacific nations that are in free association with the U.S. So it opens a doorway for getting the U.S. to consider a just and fair settlement, not trying to cause a fight with the United States, but to say the settlement that was done in the 1980s was done based on lack of information, not knowing what the the greater extent of the nuclear legacy was, and that began to become apparent in the 1990s and 2000s. And so here we are today, and we have an opportunity between these two long-term partners who, you know, nobody's walking away from the table. You know, they're, they're still shaking hands, and we have an opportunity to solve this thing. So I would say Marshall Islands is in a reasonably good position, along with the United States, to come up with a well-thought-out and a fair settlement on the nuclear legacy. But it isn't something you can just say, okay, we're going to give you a few cents on the dollar, and that's it, and we're not going to talk any further. It was a big week last week for the head of the UN's Atomic Energy Agency, who wrapped up his tour of nations with concerns about the upcoming release of treated nuclear wastewater into the Pacific Ocean by Japan. He met with Foreign Affairs Minister Nanaya Mahuta in New Zealand, as well as Pacific Islands Forum Chair, Cook Islands Prime Minister Mark Brown. Leaders from across the Pacific region attended the briefing online. They had the chance to raise a number of concerns around the safety of the plan. Lydia Laws has been covering the developments. The key concerns raised by Pacific leaders who attended the meeting virtually with the UN Nuclear Agency head were around the safety of the water. Was there any risk of damage to the environment, the ocean environment? And these were, I guess, the issues that the report and the scientific analysis needed to address. At the end of the day, is what has been proposed going to harm uh, the ocean? The IAEA Director-General admits there is still an air of what-if lingering around the upcoming release of 1.4 million tonnes of treated nuclear wastewater from the defunct Fukushima power plant. Rafael Grossi says he does not expect people not to worry, but he wants to assure the world the plan and safety standards are constantly being reviewed to ensure safety. Let's forget for a minute about Japan or China or, or the islands. There are 450 nuclear reactors in the world. Nobody wants a problem. He says there's perfect monitoring and clear parameters that are respected whenever dilution is used for nuclear waste. This is the IAEA. Who could believe that the IAEA would agree, would condone, would be happy with a member state throwing radioactive water into the sea. This is completely unacceptable and goes against every conceivable norm. So what is going to go into the sea is not radioactive water. It's not nuclear waste. 
Am I clear? What is it? It's water that has been treated. Cook Islands TV News Director Tiana Hexton says there needs to be a wider understanding of what the situation is, particularly for the post-nuclear generation. Ms Hexton says people still have concerns. Will this affect our marine environment? Because the ocean is literally our lifestyle here. Um, We live off the ocean, we live off the land. Will that have any impact on us or will it have any impact on our children or our grandchildren further down the line? This fisherman in the Cook Islands is not convinced the plans by Japan are safe. We rely on it, that's, that's our income, is the tourists and the fishing. And for the old locals, they have relied on the fish for generations and generations to provide their families and build their homes. Troy Henderson says he has a lot of questions given the Pacific Ocean is a vast and shared asset. You don't want to go dumping something in the water and pollute all the fish and then there'll be no fish left for us. Mr Grossi says his scientists have concluded the plan is safe after two years of rigorous testing. On top of that, the agency is to have a permanent presence in Fukushima for the next 40 years to independently test the water to ensure the shared ocean is protected. We care for the ocean as much as they do. We care for our Mother Earth as much as they do. And and we do it with a profound sense of responsibility because we do have an authority to do something about it. An environmental organisation in Rarotonga, Te Ipukarea Society Director Alana Matamaru-Smith, says Japan should provide more justification for their actions. She says if it's been deemed safe, why not consider transporting the diluted waste to Japanese agricultural sites and use it for irrigation? All questions answered in a comprehensive press briefing. In short, Grossi said this is the only option. Now the Pacific Islands Forum chair has received the report from the IAEA boss himself. It has been sent to the secretant for further dissemination. Every country, every leader has uh, their sovereign independence to take a view or take a position. And part of the Forum family understanding is we respect that. We respect their, their position on that. He did not want to give many clues as to what will happen if the members cannot come to a consensus, but he did say the last thing the forum would want is to kick Japan off its dialogue partner seat. He also did not expect Japan to hold off on announcing a date or change its plans on account of the Pacific's collective voice. This is an ongoing issue, one that is expected to last more than three decades. Cultural delegations from across Melanesia are arriving into Port Vila Vanuatu this week, ahead of the Melanesian Arts and Culture Festival, which kicks off on Wednesday. RNZ Pacific's Vanuatu correspondent, Halia Bule, says over 130 participants from New Caledonia arrived into the capital on Monday morning. Delegates from Vanuatu are also travelling to Efate Island for the event, which runs up until the end of the month with the theme, Rebuilding a Melanesia for Our Future. Hilea Bule spoke with Vanuatu Chief Ruben Naram, who's the head of the contingents representing Anaichum, the country's southernmost island. Naram and his performers will play an important role in the festival's opening ceremony. Thank you, officer. I am uh, the chief representative and the Manfato Maori Council of Chiefs from 
Vanuatu. I, uh, my name is Ruben Eriam, and I came from all the way from Anaicho. How many uh, participants uh, you, you come with them and you are now staying at Erako village on the island of Ifate? We are supposed to be 33 in total, but then cut down less to 28 due to difficulties of transport and yeah, etc. Uh, what, what will be uh, your responsibility? What, what do you, will you give during the uh, uh, custom event? Okay. Thank you. We have, first uh, of all, what we are going to do is we're going, we carry the chairman of uh, MSG in the basket from where he landed to where the station is. And then we have some other activity like canoe. We have a canoe called uh, Nippon Sensen. And I think it's the only canoe that introduced in Vanuatu how to do the sailing. And we also perform uh, cultural uh, preservation food that we have during uh, disaster times. We'll show them at during the time. Why you are is the last island under Vanuatu, and you become first to arrive in the in the capital? Thank you. It's all it's all about the difficulties of transport. Uh, we're supposed to get that ship called Tiwitreta, but then the Tiwitreta engine was down, and then the uh, connection committee is for transport. They arranged uh, Toarak and three and Chata Toarak and three from Tana to Anachum to pick us up. Then we stay here for. Uh, maybe two weeks before uh, celebrations on festival. Uh, tell me what the, the meaning to carry the S, uh, Secretary General of the Embassy in the basket, the okay. custom basket for your island. Yes. What is the meaning? Actually, the basket is paramount. Before you before you came as a, you ordain as a paramount chief to to certify you that you are. The most high, the paramount chief, you have to get in that basket and then they carry you to show the every people that you are above everyone. So you will stand up in the basket and look down upon every people that live around you. That's Pacific Ways for today. Don't forget you can listen back on rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, till fast so far.